So GTA 6 is coming out. I think the release date was slated for 2029. Yeah. Did you see that? You know, I hate to be uh, I hate to be that guy that just kind of reports on just miscellaneous dumb shit, but the fact that we've been waiting for this for, what, 10 years now? And the fact that Todd Howard gets away with releasing the same game for 2023, 12 years now? I mean, shoot. How many times have they redone Skyrim? Uh, in the 12-year period, just count the consoles that have come out since the 360. Plus, plus the Alexa version, too. Plus the Alexa version, probably, plus any sort of micro console. I mean, I'm I'm sure fucking Zunes play this play this game by this <laughs> point. You can mod a toaster and play it via emulator. Skyrim um, is the new Doom. Yeah. You could play Doom on a TI-84 calculator, so that should go without saying. Um, but no, gentlemen, I wanted to kind of bring us all together with the time that we have today. Um in order to talk about a game that I kind of hold pretty near and dear to my heart. I experienced this firsthand at technical school when I was in Virginia and uh, to viewers just sort of out of the know or want sort of a sea lazy definition. Um, basically a time when I had more time on my hands and wasn't doing anything while I wasn't in school and decided to download this game off of the app store for I think it's $5. It's still $5 now. Uh, granted, it has been re-released on every single last gen. I can't say this gen because it's. I don't think it's on PS5 or Xbox One. Last gen console. So if you want updated controls, feel free to... It's $3.74 on the Nintendo eShop. I think I might have that left in credits. I'm going to check. Gentlemen... I would say ladies, but none are present. I mean, we're all gamers. We, that should kind of come with the territory here. Grim Fandango. Um, oh boy, what an experience. Uh, honestly, I kind of want Ryan to take the helm here, or really any of y'all, but I'm mentioning Ryan because this comes, or this came rather, from the one and only now defunct LucasArts Entertainment in 1998. They're not around anymore, obviously, but uh, yeah, you know, as far as sort of early, well, not early 90s, late 90s PC ROM games, this is about as stellar as it gets. It received pretty critical acclaim in the years that followed, even though it was pronounced as a failure, either given its intricacies, difficulties, or just... Uh, basic problem solving that couldn't be done by your average gamer because I'll admit these puzzles are a little bit convoluted. What did you guys think of it initially? Uh, so far, I've seen enough that I want to play the game. Um, and that's it, a big step for you. You don't usually play video games. Not I knew really. This would be up, I knew this would be up your alley. Ryan's too besides... busy reading the same books over and over again and pitching them to us. <laughs> If if this was a book, City of Quartz, have you read it? <laughs> How many times have you read it? The the City of Quartz only like I don't know twice. Uh, I expected more. That's two times too many. I mean, it's it's a chunky boy. Like, I mean, it that's oh Jesus. Yeah, look what you did. Um, 
Oh, I have enough credits. I have $22.57 left over. I can I can pick up Rin Fandango right now if I wanted to. Well, guess Tim Schafer's getting that sale. Just yeah. kidding. It's not... I don't think Double Fine, the, his production company, is even getting a hint of that because it's all collated on Nintendo's network. Anyway, um, boy, we can dream. Anyway, uh, yeah, wanted to kind of get your guys' consensus about it. Um, given that we are talking about this game, what came out in 1998, it's currently 23 years later. No, 23. It's 2023, 25 years later, assuming my math is correct. And we don't sound like any other salivating video game journalist online talking about video games well past their shelf life. What'd you think? (laughs) I was wrong. It's only 374 now because it's 1499 and 75% off for a a day. So by the time y'all listen to this, it will be back up to its full price on the Nintendo eShop. So I'm going to purchase this now. You're still getting a pretty good deal if you're only spending sub $4 on this game. It, It is quite an experience and I've been hyping it to hell. Um, yeah, so I, I think I really do want to hear your first impressions on it. You know, as someone who is sort of on the beat or has kept his nose and ears close to the overall culture, uh, also given the fact it's pretty advantageous that it is November, unfortunately, we couldn't record this on Dia de los Muertos, just kind of worked out that way, but, um, you know. Same time range. I'm I'm pretty happy with that, and that I say that I say that because this this video game does take place in the land of the dead. Ooh, ooh, spooky. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I mean, the land of my non-existent sex life. What? <laughs> hey, same could be said about uh, Manny Calavera in this game so far. Um, from what I've seen. But uh, he pulls, he pulls, he does the women women that he talks to. It's like, oh, no, you could sense that he has a history. It's true until he's finally like, okay, can I see the metal detector after hearing about how your dad? Hell yeah. (laughs) Watching that in the in the whole long video game movie Mm. cutscene, what have you? I'm just like, oh, my God, do I have to go through this whole thing? It is down. I have finally pulled the trigger and i'm downloading it now so i'm finally just oh we're both downloading it now until my internet oh yeah yeah so Um... basically the synopsis goes is that and i think it's even mentioned by uh eva the secretary in year one manny calavera must sell enough quote-unquote travel packages to newly departed i.e. dead souls and the end goal is that once he sells enough of them he can pay off of his, he can pay off his time work off his time whatever and travel to the ninth underworld in which he never has to work again yada 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 and the stipulation of getting to the ninth underworld is determinant on whether what what kind of life quote unquote you've lived was it good? Was it bad? And that determines the travel package that you qualify for. You live a better life. You obviously have less time to shave off than if you, I don't know, were Jeffrey Epstein or something. If you're Jeff, if you're Jeffrey Epstein, you have to walk. 
<laughs> in which that journey takes four years as opposed to four minutes by train, which is the um, the number nine. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can't really... I can't really do this video game justice without sort of going into what makes the game tick, as I'm sure everyone has already said ad nauseum. It's gritty. It's film noir. It is, it contains probably some of the best spoken dialogue that I've ever seen in a video game thus far. And for a game that was really at the tail end of this company's lifespan, underrated is it goes without saying mm -hmm. right um to answer your question no you don't have to sit through all of carla's lines uh the guy was the guy playing the game was just doing that to get the achievement because that's what you have to do to unlock it ah okay yeah so he was going that route he was trying to do like a completionist route but how far did you get in the in the video game or in the walkthrough what so, year did he i i think it's been a long day, so I'm I'm doing my best to remember. But I do know that uh, he at least threw, and you know, big spoilers for people that haven't played the game. Granted, it's something that I'm gonna have to grapple with when I play the game, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this part. I remember watching this, and right. Um, I know that he threw the character, uh, the sailor Naranja's. Uh, dog tag on one of the sprouted uh, skeletons in the corners mm -hmm. looking through it and he's like oh this dog tag and he calls the dock master and he's like hey just so you know one of your boys just was just found dead despite the fact that ah you know, oh, this whole town's gone to hell yeah <laughs> I'll send for him in the morning yeah but I don't think Manny got his union card yet so I'm still waiting no. for that no but um, I, quite frankly, I think spoiling it any further would, would serve as an injustice. I mean, I will say this. You may as well watch the rest of the video. And that extends to all three of you who haven't played the game. Because this is truly one of its greatest and weakest factors of the entire game. Is the fact that, yes, it is one of those games needs a walkthrough through and through because i guarantee you the solution to a puzzle no matter what it is is not a to b and it never is a to b the goal of point and click adventure games of finding an item to use on another item to unlock this sequence of events in the hopes that it does this this or this is not very well explained whatsoever each item is important but yeah, it's definitely one of those games where you're going to be spinning in circles, much like how I was in tech school, saying to my then roommate at the time, what the fuck do I do here? And of course, he's not going to be able to help me. It's a 25-year-old game. <laughs> he's, never, he's never heard of it. So uh, I, I do... I'll bet dollars to donuts that while you're playing the game, you're probably going to have it on in the background. However, if you've seen year one through year, if you've seen year one and year two, which is the point where you're at, um, no, the game doesn't get easier, mm -hmm. but 
you'll know the puzzles by seeing them enough times over and over that you'll think, oh, well, okay, that I guess that's pretty self-explanatory if you think about it. There's really no other place this could go. Um, it's pretty much a big cardinal. It's a cardinal sin in these types of games where the dialogue or the wording of what to use each item where on is explained to you. Although not explicitly, obviously. You can't you can't spood feed a gamer. So But yeah, no, it's um I think you three are in for a real treat if you decide to play it. How sinful are these cardinals and these birds if we have to have a whole phrase for them? <laughs> I mean Not even the chuckle Ryan. Not I, even. <laughs> I mean if you're if you're talking about just technicalities of the game i don't think it's that unforgiving um of course if you just if you just said a pun to me it went right over my head i did but, i uh, <laughs> cardinal sin cardinals are birds you won't find cardinals in this game you'll find carrier pigeons yeah it's about it so with, with the game being as, as difficult and challenging mentally and like not like as you said not a to b as maybe we're used to these days is that just because they had to make up for point and click gameplay with a challenge or are gamers today just kind of stupider and just used to more instant gratification no i just think that the way that they did it was so unconventional and if you look at sort of mesoamerican culture you would find that a lot of key characteristics stick out in terms of environment in terms of just flat out dialogue character development individuals that you meet along the journey and then you actually sit down and play the game with this prior knowledge and you think oh there's creatures here that i've never seen before in in any mesoamerican folklore ever there's people that don't even sound remotely of the culture i think half the actors have like a brooklyn accent for some fucking reason yeah, like, there's one guy that i think was russian and i was like hang on yeah, yeah he said oh we're gonna try and get all Latin actors, and I'm like, uh, Dosvidanya yeah. to this guy, you know. Exactly. So, I, I, I think to answer your question of like, um, oh my god, you know, I just got how it works from Justice League when you said Dosvidanya. There's this one. There's the one scene where he says Dostoevsky. He's trying to say Dosvidanya. God damn it! I just got this joke now. Just see, I I was thinking that exact same thing, and then I had to remind myself of when they say it in Transformers Three, and a guy says to John Turturro, "That means goodbye." And it's like, what am I watching? I think Tim Schafer has always been. He's always taken the road less traveled with his games. You know, this isn't the only one he's developed, and the unconventionality really shines through in its puzzle solving because I think if I can remember one of the puzzles that stuck out to me the most is the fact that you have to clog a mail system because everything is done through pneumatic type pneumatic tubes like in old time New York Matter of fact, I think I'd venture to guess that there's still buildings that use this system in order to get this Russian voiced spirit of the land to fix it so that when the door is unlocked, when he's in the room, you can 
lock the door, which causes the door not to swing through in order to stick a card that you have to hole punch. Otherwise the card won't fit because of the air pressure in order to steal a client away from your arch enemy. Who's also an agent trying to work off his time. It, you need a guide to play this game. It doesn't detract from the game at all, but um, you know, really it, it harkens back to the previous discussions that Drew and I had with video games and how I think one of our points of contention was that video games and their puzzle solving can sometimes be a little bit too difficult for some gamers. This is one of those exceptions where if you don't have a guide, you find yourself more or less getting ironically frustrated that you don't. And then the game becomes sort of, it becomes sort of bad by default when really it shouldn't be, you know, like ideally you're going into this game with all the answers you just, or all the puzzle pieces, rather, you just have to piece them together to find the answer. Sometimes that's not the case though. <laughs> so, hmm. Yeah. The, the thing that I love about this game from, at least from what I've watched, um, and, and there's honestly a handful of things that I've really been obsessed with, uh, getting to watch the cutscene movie. Um, obviously, the dated nature of the graphics, which I, you know, I know that there's the remastered version, which is what you can get on iOS and elsewhere. Even if it's remastered, there's still an aspect of, like, for the most part, it's still, the, for the most part, the way it looked in 1998. Um, if anything else, just the fact that the game itself has this aesthetic to it that just, you know, I mean, yeah, people like to, you know, Sebastian, you brought it up a hundred times on this show about Fallout and, you know, the themes, but also the environment and the aesthetic of that. With this, though, it's almost tapping into a combination of that retro-futuristic type of thing that you'd expect from, like, I don't know, Batman, the animated series, Bioshock. but also the art deco element that's, you know, a little bit further back than the 50s, you know, and borrowing Bioshock. elements from... Yeah, Bioshock. Bioshock, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Chinatown and Casablanca, like, the fact that it's incorporating... I mean, even... Uh, oh, God, what's the character? The one character, is it Hector LeMans? Hector LeMans, yeah, the he's, main villain. Yeah, he's... For the most part, based off of Sidney Greenstreet's character, uh, God, what's uh, Senor Ferrari in yeah. Casablanca? Like he he has the hat, he's big, he laughs like him, and, and even you nailed uh, it. You nailed it right on the head. There is actually a director's commentary where all the developers, all the sound engineers, all of the graphical artists are sitting together, and while you're playing the game, you actually hear their voiceover, mm. and you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned these references because, I mean, you, you could stroll stroll on over to Wikipedia's page and see where this game takes inspiration from, but I think it's that exact character yeah, that you referenced, that it, they referenced, too. It's undeniable. Like, the moment I saw him, I was like, oh. And, and the irony is that, you know, that same character was one of the... Ba uh, was, at least 
a basis for Job of the Hutt, but Job of the Hutt was different enough that, you know, you couldn't have guessed, oh, it's Sidney Greenstreet's character from Casablanca. Because, you know, for one thing, they made a maquette of Jabba with the, with the Fez. Um, and they were like, no, 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 we don't want to, like, make Jabba, you know, a specific Earth right. group. So <laughs> we'll just leave him as a slug. Um, and even Manny's black and white suit. I mean, it's it's yeah. like what Humphrey Bogart wears in the same movie. Um, but if anything else, too, I mean, just, again, the setting, the design of everything, um, and even just the character designs. I mean, Manny's appearance, it's cute, it's humble, it's, you know, very simple, but... You know, I mean, even just his expression and the fact that, like, every single character has a skull. They're skeletons, for the most part. And, you know, they talk and, you know, they're doing, they're kind of doing this thing. Um, but even just his appearance is very, uh, I don't know, recognizable with the iconography of the game. And, you know, it's kind of like if you see that sort of cigarette shaped skull. With that specific artwork for the face, it's undeniably Grim Fandango. Um, right. It's just a beautiful game. I mean, that was something I just kept catching myself saying the other night. I was like, this just looks amazing. Mm. Like, I don't care if the graphics are dated. I don't care if it's, you know, quirky or future, uh, retro-futuristic. It's like, this is a world I want to be in. This is a world I love to play around, move a character in, you know, it's, yeah, it's a far cry from what I, as an adult, like playing, which is causing mayhem in a simulated L.A., thanks, GTA. <laughs> um, I am playing San Andreas again, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so the app is finally fixed, so I can actually... Why? <laughs> why San Andreas? I mean, granted, why three? Because... You know, I, I used to tout that three was my favorite game or at least have my favorite soundtrack. Yeah. Have you played the definitive collection, people? Ew. <laughs> I remember getting COVID for the first time and playing three, and I'm like, wow. I wish I was more bedridden that I wouldn't have to play this. <laughs> um uh, But you know, you mentioned Wikipedia earlier. It it did sort of you know, give me a little a little bit of hope in terms of this game's influence where um, Grim Fandango has been considered a representative title demonstrating video games as an art form. The game was selected in 2012 as a candidate for public voting for inclusion within the Smithsonian Institution's The Art of Video Games exhibit while the Museum of Modern Art seeks to install the game as an exhibit as part of its permanent collection with the Department of Architecture and Design. I mean, I, I can't say, uh, by no means am I a gamer, I'm not, but it, it takes a lot. You're a lot cooler if you were. It's, it's, this guy, no respect. Uh, it, takes, it, takes a lot, it takes a lot for me to be like, wow, this really, you know, grabs me and really makes me think, wow, this is like a true art form. But this, I mean, all affiliation with George Lucas aside... And yes, I have caught a couple little Star Wars sound effects here and there throughout the game. Of it's kind of cool. There's at least a 
couple little lightsaber sounds and at least one moment where I think Manny's like, I think he's pushing a, uh, oh god, what's the cart thing that usually has like dirt in it? Uh, oh, the, uh, the, the wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow, yeah. yeah. On that one puzzle that just, fucking hell, what were they thinking? But like, there's a little yeah effect okay. that sounds like Darth Vader's helmet attaching, right? Put get mm-hmm. you know attaching to the mask. So it's like, oh, that's oh yeah. If you don't think if you don't think game developers reuse their their sounds, I mean, all of Earthbound sound effects are ripped straight from I think Kirby something on the Super Nintendo. If you didn't know, all they did was change the pitches and and slow them down. True story. Um. Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm really glad that that you happen to find some enjoyment out of it, at least in seeing it. Uh, there are very few games I would surmise that you can get away with actually just seeing the full cutscene movie. Um, I know previous episodes we've talked about spoilers, and that was sort of you know the the thing that I was fearful of of if you if any of you were to get interested in this game in preparation for this episode and you know the, the catch 22 being well to prepare for this episode i'm gonna have to watch the whole entire spoiler of it well you know that's one thing of course how i already how i already stated that you know walkthroughs of these types of video games are helpful because without them i think i'd be bashing my brain in trying to figure out some of these puzzles and i'd rather not do that uh I feel like it's enjoyed more so with a guide when you figure out that these little nuances work when they do. Mm. Uh, When they don't, it's just unconventional, and I love it anyways. So, uh, But Drew, uh, you've been rather quiet. I don't mean to put the spotlight on you. Um, And I know you haven't played it. Again, totally fine. Yeah. What would you say... A game like this, from what you've seen, from, from the minutia of what you've heard, because I'm I'm really even not doing it justice. How would you say that this game ranks up to the video games that we discussed previously, primarily the old CD-ROM titles <laughs> that we discussed? Uh, I, I remember one of them being like the that one Lego game where it'll instruct you how to insert the cd into your computer like and there's like a graphic <laughs> showing that we've all seen the video clip online it's hysterical uh what do you what do you think you know i think you know just echoing some of the same things you guys talked about but i think first of all i think you know ryan i think keeps using the word dated but oh you know like it's so funny that this came out after game lucas art games like Yes, Pod Racer, and I don't know if they did the one where you play that bounty hunter and those those fuzzy monsters take forever to kill. But if yeah. you're the same <laughs> game creator, then like you know, I love. I think what's really appealing off the bat is like the art style. I think you know, I love that it's like the Mexican Day of the Dead theme. I feel like that's a theme that's like super super unexplored before. I mean, just reading about this guy, the same guy that made Psychonauts. Like this guy. Yep. is like a total creative so like i love that you know even back in 1998 they did something as ambitious as this i love the idea of the game being puzzles i think it's funny to see people <laughs> complain about like when am i going to use 
this thing or like elevators are hard <laughs> but <laughs> elevators um, are hard yeah <laughs> uh but i i just love the idea of it just being totally something different i think in the age of games where people don't skip cutscenes, this is kind of like what makes me think of like you know the predecessor i suppose because i can't think of a game before 1998 that i remember watching the cutscenes for like what like five seconds pod racing victory laps like i can't think of anything else where the, a game was so dialogue driven i wasn't playing resident evil back then but i think that's what really sticks out to me just that they really took care and effort in the dialogue the soundtrack is something different and when you're a little kid jazz music makes anything seem classier along with the aesthetics so i feel like that's the kind of thing that and i do recognize some like you know the visuals and stuff i never played it but it's the kind of thing that like makes you feel like you're playing a game for grown-ups so i think that's mm. kind of like my takeaway is that it's it's a video game for mature people and that's not to take anything away from you know call of duty 3 but like i to me this is like as everyone has said a piece of art so I think it's an attractive in that sense. I was looking this up and I noticed, for example, there wasn't a lot of speed runs of Grim Pendango. It almost seems like a crime to yeah. do a speed run of a game like this. So I thought that was really interesting. Not sure the exact genre you would pinhole this. It certainly puzzles. You know, it's definitely up there with Escape from Monkey Island, Mist, and. Oh, God. It's also there was, a, there was another noir mystery, right? You know, there's there's action elements certainly, but you're not pressing nuanced button combinations in the hopes that you you know land them out of the ring, a la Smash Bros. It's not like that. It's more it, like the Telltale stuff, would you say? Because point and click, would it be? That's fair. I mean, yeah, there are different dialogue choices. However, this was certainly done in the age where all dialogue choices, if they're not sarcastic or sardonic, um, they more or less lead you to the same conclusion. Mm. Um, one of my favorite... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, I saw people comparing this to uh, Ace Attorney, or I think I'm getting the name wrong. Um, yeah, Ace Attorney. Right. And, uh, L.A. Noir, where like you can make a little girl cry, you know, like, did you kill your dad? So it's like <laughs> the dialogue influencing the game. Did you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, to me, like, that's also not like a downside. That's also not just like, oh, these guys didn't have the foresight to be like, well, if we click dialogue option four, the game is going to be tiniest bit different yeah there, there's guess. no there's no branching path which honestly i feel makes this game a lot better i mean could you imagine if you had to go through every single dialogue tree i mean it's been done it's it's it begins to ends it begins and ends with D D in regards to split decision making and choose your own adventure um this is not that and i would say that if the puzzles are as ubiquitous from year one to year four, where the solution to each puzzle, all it does is move the game forward. I mean, that's really all you can ask for at this point, because I hate to say it, the only the only other alternative to people already dead is surprisingly more death, <laughs> i.e. being sprouted. So yeah, and it's not or like, they you know... find their purpose. And I also kind of prefer that to like, let's see, if you have the alternatives where decision trees like, you know, can really lead you down a bad path. I mean, there's also, I guess, you know, 
Rockstar Games has done this. I was recently playing Red Dead Redemption 2, which is another conversation, but there's the low honor and high honor system. And I think that's frustrating. You know, I want to <laughs> trample people in town with my horse, but it's like, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where every, it, the game almost guilts you into playing as a good person. Whereas if right. you're not saying the right things, like you don't get penalized for that. And I think that's actually kind of a positive. I would hate to get penalized, you know, or like, it's like any game that you've ever played where you're just like, oh man, I had one negative response to this character. Now my progress is ruined. Now my honor is ruined. Now that character is never going to talk to me again. I can't get this item. So I, I appreciate that system. I mean, if you really want to play a video game that throws that entire concept out the window, um, I've got a bridge to sell you, more specifically four of them, and it's all of the Uncharted games because... As much as Nathan Drake has such a heart of gold and does the right thing at the end, always, you can't ignore the ludonarrative dissonance that occurs when you're just gunning down waves and waves of mercenaries. And then just not think twice about the consequences of that, because there are no consequences of that. You know, he the gets game the continues. murder with impunity. It, basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun game, don't get me wrong, but... It's about as bare bones of an action game as you can get. And as long as the characters don't have names and they're guarding against like you getting to your objective. Right. Them. It's okay. You're you're Nathan Drake. You're white and American. You got this. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, I, I will say Last of Us kind of carries the same torch, although I will say that Last of Us has consequences for killing certain people, and that's what transpires into the second game. We already covered that, so no need to uh uh, relitigate our Skype days when every th third word would be, uh, you know, recorded. <laughs> oh, remember it's COVID, guys? That was <laughs> that was fun. I would say that it's um, it, it's interesting how in games like now more recently, um, the whole moral choices is, is a very big part of the game. Like, you get different endings depending on how you play through things. I think I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast before, but the one game that like really got me with that was um the very first Dishonored back in like God, I don't even remember when that game came out. I think I was like two thousand twelve, thirteen. We have the internet. There, what am I doing? Yeah, I was gonna say just Google. <laughs> we could look it up. Um, but like, yeah, there's if because I was just playing it because the whole point of the game is like you're you're stealthy murdering everybody who like. 2012. You. Yeah, okay, 2012. Okay. Um, so before everyone else got raptured, and we're still here. Mm. Um, but no, there's there's one there's one part where after you've gone around murdering everybody, like the game tells you you're allowed to and you're supposed to, um, you come back and the little girl princess who you saved is drawing a picture, and it's like you slaughtering everybody. Um, <laughs> and what she says is sometimes when you come home you smell like blood and it's just like oh god I feel so bad for Ooh. murdering everybody who like when you think about it they're just doing your job they think you murdered the queen so they're not they're doing what they think and what society and like in general what everyone thinks is right you take down the person who murdered the queen and is trying to destroy the government because they want it for themselves whatever um, so that's the first game that ever like really did that and now ever since then like whenever i play a game 
I have to do like the good run through first before I mm. even consider doing a, a non-murder run through, which obviously mm. extends my playtime because I don't kill anybody, especially when playing Dishonored the first time. Um, but the same thing with Red Dead. It's like I did my first run through as squeaky clean as I possibly could be. Um, but it's funny that like when it comes down to these choices a lot of the time and like moral decisions, it boils down to with most gamers, hey, if I do all these things right, do I get to fuck this character? What? What hentai sims are you playing? Have you never played Mass Effect? Oh, okay. I tuned out. Wow. I thought you were... I thought you just stumbled off of something off of like itch.io. Okay. Oh, have you never played Mass Effect? It's all about, okay, you know, what dialogue okay. trees do I have to do? What exactly. skills do I have to do to get yeah, to, to, to get with Talia? I get it. Yeah. It's... I try to stay away from Bioware um, as, as most people with a brain tend to stay away from like UV rays just being <laughs> exposed. You know, if I want to, if I want to have a good time, I'll stick my head in an MRI. Um, I'm not a fan of like dialogue wheels, especially after Fallout 4, which basically just gave you three sarcastic yeses and a no. And... I gotta be honest, as broken as New Vegas is, as buggy and as glitchy and as hey, I'm gonna lock out after playing three rounds of slot machines, I would still prefer that. Just me. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think after that the dialogue wheels took a turn to let's see how just heinous we can make everyday answers be. Like let's let's take the things that you would never hear in conversation whatsoever and say that. Let's make it so that every response is something Alex Jones would say. Oh God. Why <laughs> would you bring him into this conversation? Uh well, you know, it's funny, just segueing into uh political affairs, not something I don't think I would ever do if given the choice. Ryan, is it is a crime that you only got up to the point that you did. And Matt, I'm not going to spoil too much of it, so I hope you don't mind. Have you met with the character Olivia yet? Uh, remind me, is she okay. also the poet? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. is the owner of the Blue Casket, a beatnik yeah. club. Yep. Far cry from her boyfriend Maximino's cat racing venture. Cat racing. It's a long Cat racing. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you are going to absolutely shit yourself laughing at the dialogue that occurs in this establishment. I would venture to guess it has parallels to Falling Middle Cast and everything we've discussed. It summarizes it that well, if you haven't met the CBs yet, you oh, are I've gotten to that point. Gotten... I, I, believe me, between that <laughs> okay. and then, uh, what's his name? Salvador. Salvador Limones, yeah. Limones, like, I, all of that stuff. And then, and this was something I wanted to bring up, too, uh, earlier. At one point, I was like, oh, wait, there was this whole point with the show, uh, with the game that I was just mm -hmm. like, whoa. It's like 1998, it's a LucasArts game, and they're getting into the weeds of, like, a guy with a job and union stuff, and then all of a sudden there's, like, this... Yeah. 
underground revolutionary thing, and then you've got a club with a bunch of like with a bunch of beatniks. And you know what the first thing Manny says when he meets them? Gola trust funders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My God. No, I honestly, it's I'm fascinated to see where that all goes, just because you know you brought up earlier about you know the the fact i mean obviously my interest and fascination with all that kind of stuff with latin american history and culture i mean it goes back to when i was in school um it's it, it's personal and it's political um but if anything it's fascinating to see all of it represented in in some ways with the actual like Mesoamerican culture it's almost like you kind of have to sift through a few things to really get to the heart of it I I'm assuming all the demons and various creatures that aren't people are based yeah, on that, I was going to say that everything that isn't a Kalika figure which are the skeleton the skeletal representations of people that were once living yeah I mean, you see that sort of with the cats, the alibrijes. Yes. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce that. Um, other than that, aside from the carrier pigeons, which are also skeletal representations, you yeah. don't find many animalistic uh, Mesoamerican folklore like that mm -hmm. or religious elements like that. And vice versa. It's remember. not like you go yeah. back and find mesoamerican artwork with like a big orange guy that's like oh hey how's it going you know whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. rusty anchor um but... slam the hood of the ornament or something i don't know chrome it <laughs> oh, oh my god oh uh, and then like the incorporation of the grim reaper which having yeah that character of Glottis just drive him around in the beginning like you know th there's there's a quaint element to it and then again when you get little reminders here and there where you know all of a sudden there's like this underground revolutionary movement and then Manny goes to the beatniks and he's trying to take whatever book I I'm guessing it's the communist manifesto yeah it is it's like... basically it's basically labor union done easy chapter one the worker shall control the means of production yeah and, and you're just like uh, oh my and again it, it it's that like yeah hit yourself in the head thing of like wait remember this is a lucas arts game from the late 90s and you're just like right uh, you know I, again i definitely do not want to spoil this any more than i probably already have and i think we've really only covered year one and year two um if it doesn't pick up in year three at least you know according to your subjective liking it'll all make sense in year four mm -hmm. where you realize that you know okay it's a game that starts off pretty much in an environment that i think we're all familiar with and that's middle management in the administrative hell that is middle management, okay? And oftentimes you get this in games where your character is essentially a nobody and a great destiny is thrust upon you that you have to partake in. Otherwise... The hero's eh, journey. Every the, single shonen anime that's ever existed. The hero's journey, but really <laughs> it establishes it from second one 
of talking to Celso, one of Manny's first clients, that you're dead. So the whole expectation of the hero's journey and you failing, at least for me, was sort of thrown out the window when it's like, okay, there's really nowhere lower you can go. Okay. How do you fail something when you're already at the end of your life? Oh, well, there's an underworld that you can reach. Good luck getting there, basically. Mm -hmm. That's the game. Good luck getting there. And to your point about the whole underground revolution, I got to tell you, it does unravel. And if you care to piece together the story, which you're you, Ryan, I know you well, and Matt, the fact that you got this for a bargain and you love to <laughs> overanalyze video games, I know you will as well. <laughs> um, you'll definitely notice things on your second and third playthrough because it is one of those games where either you watch the walkthrough or you play the game multiple times to get everything. You'll probably see things that you didn't see before or concepts that you didn't really think twice about. Um, it's it's absolutely great. And the whole unraveling of the revolution and who Hector Lamans actually is oh. in relation to the characters that you met along the way, in relation to what it means to be in a society that by all logic shouldn't even factor money into the equation. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're dead. All you're looking to do is move on to the next plane of existence. Right. Where do, where where does the concept of money and equality and 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 social status fit into this? It's all explained. So I it's just it's a feat of gaming accomplishment that I think you just have to experience and see it to believe it. Um, okay. I'm really looking forward to you guys doing that and, you know, checking back in however long it takes. I mean, it took me like, once I kind of figured out what to do, it took me like a week to finish the game, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I can't say anything more about this game than I have other than if you haven't played it, play it. If you don't like point and click games, uh, I was, I really don't know where to go with this other than, you know, put down the Call of Duty, maybe wipe the Dorito dust off of your fingers. I, <laughs> um, to Matt's point, if you like Telltale games, but it's not even a Telltale game because there's, you know, it's, it's one of the earliest iterations of. The it's format? not even that. It's not even the earliest iteration of that. There, there were, there were PC ROM games back in the day. There were old seventies and eighties Japanese computers that had these point-and-click RPG elements running on a processor light years before this game was even made. So I can't even say it was the first of its kind. It's just I think it was the first of its kind that got fully ironed out with a story that's been memorable for the past two and a half decades but you know i could sing it's i could sing its praises all night but well and i think as well and and this definitely leans into part of why i like it i mean obviously incorporating you know uh the day of the dead and having it be something that is very reflective of for the most part where we all come from you know with 
California and, you know, obviously that there's a, a large Latin, large Mexican influence in California. Um, to see something like this represented in a, represented in a game from 25 years ago um, at a time when, I mean, hell, even when I was a kid, I don't remember anybody talking about Day of the Dead. And, you know, nowadays, like, I'll, I'll get a little, like, reminder to be like, oh, check your uh, work profile to see our background. And it's something mm. that's Day of the Dead themed for, like, two days. So, so it was like, relegated to an aesthetic. You know, you don't see you don't see many pieces of media yeah. that, that have this. The first yeah, place I, think... I heard of Day of the Dead was through Mucha Lucha back when, uh, or oh, yeah, Mucha Lucha <laughs> back in the day on Cartoon Network, and then El Tigre, and then a bunch I was of gonna other say, like I was gonna say Coco, you know, something a little bit more tasteful. No, 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 no. way before that. Uh, Mucha Lucha much, would make much sense. farther before that. Mucha Lucha was amazing, and it was like, aside from Dora, for a lot of us back in the day. It was our very first exposure to Latin American culture like that. Yeah. And then there's also the um, the song by Aurelio Voltaire, who did a lot of the music for Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, who has a whole song about Day of the Dead, which is a fantastic mm. goth rock song. I discovered him in a senior year, 2013, after I got my phone, finally, my very first cell phone. Had to wait till I got eight. I didn't get a phone till I was eighteen. Um, but yeah, no, it was fantastic, and I got deep into goth rock. So, yeah, <laughs> Aurelio Voltaire is a beast, and I hope he goes on tour again. Cool. Okay. Well, and I, I, I would also say, again, you know, if if the culture and I mean, even just the design, if that's not enough for you. And again, this is where it does lean into things that pique my interest, whether it's, again, the design work, the retro futuristic, I, you know, I keep using that term. That was a term I saw looking into this game just so I could understand what it was going for. Um, but, I mean, even, you know, the references and, you know, I mentioned Casablanca. I'll mention it one more time. The fact that Gladys and Manny have their own club together and Gladys is playing piano and he's kind of like, you know, oh, let's get out of here. And uh, Manny's just kind of like, uh, not yet. I mean, that's straight out of Rick Blaine talking with, what's his name? Sam Dooley Wilson in Casablanca where he's just kind of like, you know, let's, let's just get out of here. Let's just get our money and go. You know, the Nazis mm -hmm. are fully taken over this part of Morocco. Let's leave. Um, and, you know, put simply, and, and I know this was brought up by Drew, and I've seen it elsewhere, I, I, once I saw the L.A. Noir kind of connection, or at least, not homage, but just like, oh, it's noir stuff, Ugh. you know, that's a game that, you know, I'm curious about playing, I know my girlfriend has it, so I need to check that out at some point. Um, I've played it, played a little bit of it, and you know, mm. it's, it's the same old Grand Theft Auto fun. Just oh no, I mean, it's not. except you're not allowed to run people over. No, I know. I mean, I, know. I, I mean, it's it's definitely a game where if if you can get into it, I'll never forget when I saw a reviewer 
do his you know his review on LA Noir and he and he compared it his words not mine to that of like an abusive relationship where you just can't seem to stop playing it even though you know it has flaws oh dear god it sounds bad but i you know it's it's a game where if you can really delve into it mm-hmm. and i'm only saying this from like the few instances i've played la noir me personally i i would prefer a game like grim fandango because uh well it's a game that i can't lose or i can't die way by design mm-hmm. la noir some of the puzzles it, you know i know that it had this mechanic where uh facial recognition was like a huge part of the game and you know seeing the little the little tells of if you could tell a character was lying either i couldn't pick up on that or i was just such an idiot for not being able to pick up on that because apparently to some it was really obvious when you could tell a character was lying and then you could just what throw him in the brig or whatever you know oh case closed either that or like the puzzles were just too I couldn't do it, you know. I thought I it was fun because it was like they just got everybody who was part of a Mad Men and just like, hey, yeah, mocap <laughs> for us, please. Yeah. Uh, um, but the other the other thing I'll mention too about the game in terms of like you know if you like this you'll like Grim Fandango if you like this you'll like Grim Fandango. Um, certainly if you're at all a fan of like. Not L.A. Noir, the video game, but just, or the book. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of, like, L.A. Confidential, uh, and, you know, when I mean this, the type of noir stuff set in California, I really do mean, like, L.A. Confidential, uh, the Maltese Falcon. I don't know if I necessarily lean into the likes of, uh, oh my god, not not the typical LA movies that I mentioned on this show a hundred times, but they are technically noir, but, uh, the big sleep, you know, stuff like that. Um, Raymond Chandler, who I could not get into his books. I tried reading the big sleep and it put me to sleep. Um, uh, as, as Arnold once said, stay, stay down or I'll put you down. It's Um, fun. It's funny. Um, you mentioned Raymond Chandler that that was, one of Tim Schafer's inspirations, aside from mm-hmm. Dashiell Hammett. Dashiell Hammett, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard of him. Yeah, <clears throat> Double uh, Indemnity, Chinatown, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. I actually finally saw that the other day. Okay, Glen, uh, Glen, wow. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. Anyway, you were saying, <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess quick movie review. I think I. I understand what it means when people say that they like the movie from that one scene with Alec Baldwin. You know oh, the scene. scene. I've known the scene. You know. Okay, great. If you're a salesman or if you're in any kind of sales-related career, if you're in finance, you'll like this movie. Um, I think Margin Call did it a lot better. Oh, I remember that movie. You know, more specifically, that scene, the fire sale, I think that probably showed more of the state of affairs of what was going on in 2005 to 2008 a lot better. Right. 
but that's mainly on the investment side if you're looking at it from just like a like a pure sales movie you know people will say that it, it's second to none um but i can't tell you how many times i've heard those lines regurgitated in undergrad because people thought they were hot shit when they said put that coffee down or you know you can't sell shit you aren't shit hit the bricks pal and beat it or something i don't know i think i think people really do suffer from main character syndrome um you may want to see a therapist on that well and there's i mean i i won't repeat it for obvious reasons but there's at least one or at least a few great movie insults in that um including at least one from oh, all done all done from al pacino i mean and, and if and if not him honestly the, the now disgraced kevin spacey i guess yeah yeah you know it although jack lemon's got at least one jack lemon's got a I couple think of and i he's got a zinger or two yeah so um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean again if you like raymond chandler who i don't uh if you like nathaniel west who I also don't. Um, I, frankly, a lot of those L.A. noir novelists, I have to agree, and believe me, this isn't me trying to segue into a future episode when I make this comparison, but I have to agree with uh, Charles Bukowski, who I'm pretty Fuck. sure thought those guys were Too late. terrible. <laughs> and, and it was enough for him to write his own, and I'm going to repeat this. Oh, whoa. Sorry, I just got like a phone call. Hey, when op- when opportunity rings, you answer. It just like that's the life of a salesman. <laughs> just needed Zoom. What about the uh, death of a but, salesman? Uh, the death of a salesman. Yeah, I mean it. it yeah. yeah. But um, no. Last thing I'll say is is that uh, the the tribute in the book, which is called Pulp, which is supposed to be somewhat of a detective novel, um. I think the tribute is straight up like too bad writing. Like, oh, this book is to bad writing. You know, it was his way of saying, hey, all the L.A. noir novelists, this is to you, to bad writing. Mm. And then he died. Um, so, so this was, I think Pulp was his last. Yeah, Pulp was his last book. Um, so, yeah, no. Yeah. Definitely go check out Grim Fandango. It's absolutely got my recommendation. And again, it's just a beautiful game to look at. And even in watching it, there's that like scratchiness with the audio that you only get from like 90s computer games that I kind of actually miss. I know that's so simple and such a weird personal aesthetic choice, but it's like, hey, Mm. this game feels nostalgic for me never having played it yet mm. so yeah no, i i'm i'm really glad that you liked what you saw um matt i extend the same wishes if to it you ever downloads i will play it it's like it's like a couple gigs uh my internet's also really bad right now oh so. there you go you know it doesn't help that you're probably you know this this zoom discussion spoiling the entire game is taking up a majority of the bandwidth anyway uh, <laughs> but no um it 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 goes without saying that this game fully deserves the praise it gets you know kudos tim schaefer brett mogolevsky peter mcconnell composer 
Lucasfilm Lucasfilm Games LLC now lo- now no longer existing. Thanks Disney. Uh <laughs> Yeah, if you have any sort of inkling for sales, for finance, for film noir, for dialogue for politics or social commentary of which you know again it 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 does this dramatic approach you've never heard of it where it's like show don't tell you know like you never heard of it concept groundbreaking absolutely i'm being sarcastic no there are things in this game that i guarantee you will not pick up until your second or third playthrough or your fourth or fifth stint watching the walkthrough and you fall asleep halfway through and you wake up you know it's one of those like cold fever dreams a la george lopez on nickelodeon you ever just wake up to something and you don't know how you get there it's kind of like that (laughs) i swear to you man um this is this you are the second person in less than a week to say something like that to me so i'm like whoa if you have same george lopez reference what and and most importantly, if you have any sort of inkling on wondering how the sausage gets made, at least in terms of revolutionary business underdealings, shadiness, conspiratorial, if I do say so myself, Grim Fandango delivers on all fronts. I've sung its praises enough. Ryan, Matt, unless you have anything further. Um, otherwise, just go play it. Just go play it. It's cheap. I mean, Matt, if you didn't have that credit, it wouldn't be cheap, but I would still yeah. recommend it anyway. <laughs> I mean, where can you get a game for less than 15 bucks today? Yeah, didn't you just spend didn't it. you just spend like three? Well, yeah, but like otherwise, yeah. it's just normally 15. But still, even then, that's like still pretty cheap. Yeah. You know, it, the bigger the screen, I think the bigger, the, the more experience you'll get out of it. It is doable to do it on your phone. Um, you know, if you can play it on a screen larger like an iPad or a PlayStation or a Switch, feel free. But bravo, double fine. You, you, you remade something that I'll never forget. So... Unless there's anything else. So, uh, how we feel about Chris Pratt going to be cast in the uh, the new Zelda movie as Link uh, and Zelda and Tingle. Just what? everybody's Chris Pratt now. If he what? somehow winds up being Carl Johnson in the live action uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto game. He made it work oh. for Donkey Kong. I don't feel no, like that, I should hold my Seth breath Rogan. out. That's Seth Rogen. Oh shoot, that's Seth Rogen. Oh no, no, Chris Pratt. Chris no, Pratt he was Mario. Mario, and he's gonna be Garfield, okay. and he's Star Lord, and he's really disrespectful to the mother of his child, who's real, who's developmentally disabled. But that's neither here nor there. Anybody see his last Jurassic World movie? It was terrible. I remember you telling me that. Everything at this point, Chris Pratt is just like persona non grata, which is so sad because everyone loved him as Andy Dwyer, and then he yeah. decides, hey. Hey, you know what? Let me go fuck my career by coming out as uber conservative MAGA man. And then Disney's like, "Hey, what if?" Hey, we Indiana love Jones, that. <laughs> but Chris Pratt, and it's like, no, 
who would they I'll realistically ca- who would they realistically cast as a replacement to Harrison Ford? I mean, Harrison Ki-Hui Ford's Kwan. not get, get not getting any younger, but Kihui Kwan, pick up with short round. Wow. Phoebe Waller Bridge is not it. Really? She fucking sucked. <laughs> Wait. She fucking would, sucked. Would there not be a Katie short round Kwan. dedicated what? movie? Dude, I would watch it. Kihui Kwan is great. Mm. Plus, it means that we don't have to watch Phoebe Waller Bridge and whatever shitty actor she got to play her sidekick do nothing for two hours again. If he Ooh. says, as a grown man, you cheat, Dr. Jones, you cheat, I think that'll be fully worth the price of admission. I think. No, he's got to say, hold on to your potatoes. It's also all a moot point because Harrison Ford was like, this is the last one I'm doing. And so he's not coming back ever. So we're never. I don't think also, he's coming back. Also, that's what Robert Downey the... Jr. said. And what. what, what yeah, Hugh but Jackman Robert Downey Jr. is not 81 years old. Like, But he's coming back as Iron Man. Yeah. Hugh Jackman's coming back as, as whatever. They all said never again. When, when Harrison Ford says he's not coming back, it means that, you know, the, the IV drip isn't, you know, it's it's not making him younger. I mean, hey, you if know, George Clooney so. can come back to play Batman for 10 seconds, spoilers. For he wasn't Batman. He was just playing Bruce Wayne. So well, He was just playing George Clooney. Ultimately, it was just, I mean, oh, hey, you're Bruce Wayne. And he just was like, do you have my tequila or my Nespresso? And it's like, you... <sighs> uh, I had final thoughts, but now they're not coming to me. Uh, yeah, no, I got That's nothing. Right. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> uh, unless you got something. Sorry, Sebastian. No, I, I, I pretty much. Uh, I'm good. I've, I've already sung its praises, and um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Insert, you know, gratuitous trumpet playing from the soundtrack here. <laughs> But but not enough so that we we don't get copyright struck. Uh, okay, everybody. What's a little copyright between friends? Mars on Life is a podcast co-hosted by Sebastian Shug, Ryan Mancini, Andrew Martinez, and Matt Fernandez. If you like this episode, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As Mars on Life is available on Anchor. Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Audible, Spotify, and Podchaser. Find us on Instagram at Mars on Life Show to keep up with the latest news, episodes, and gratuitous updates on the Red Planet. Have a question, comment, or request? Email us at MarsOnLife at gmail.com, and we'll promptly get back to you. This show's artwork, titled Happy Mars, was drawn by Zachary Urbrick. Our show's regular intro and outro music is Space Explorers by the one and only Kevin McLeod. Thank you for listening, and always remember, if you keep going, you'll make it to Mars. <laughs>